Welcome to the Victory Project. We're all here because we believe in the mission. What are we doing? Changing the world. What are we doing? Changing, Changing the, the world. world. That's right. What do you think they're really doing out there? What do you mean? The one thing they ask of us is to stay here. Where it's safe. Do you even know what the Victory Project actually is? Have you ever asked? Do you? Please. What's actually happening? Stop it, Alice. What if this place is dangerous? What if Stop that? No. Jack. It's okay. I'm curious to hear where she's going with this. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right. It's about dadgum time, as Lizzo would say, to talk about this freaking movie, guys. Don't worry, darling. We've skipped kind of the press tour conversation. We've skipped some of the early hype review conversation, so we're here to actually review it on Mad About Movies. Welcome in. I'm Kent, your host for this evening, joined by my co-host, Richard and Brian, and also joined by a very special guest. You've heard her on the show many times. She's the lovely Ellen. Hey, Ellen. Hey, glad to be back. Good to have you. Uh, you can find you can find and chat with Ellen via our Discord uh, at any time. But she's a podcaster, friend of the show, and uh, media aficionado. We needed a pop culture kind of expert <laughs> on, on the show to break this one down because there's a lot of stuff ancillary to the film itself to 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 analyze here. And and I'm excited to do so. But hope everyone out there is is doing well and. Um, we're starting to get into the fall, fellas. It's almost it's almost October. Please, just cooler weather. That's all I want in this world is hoodie and shorts. That's is that too much to ask? Is it's been beautiful the, the past few days, man. I've been I've been in the morning time. Take the dog out with the little yeah. little sweatshirt, little crew neck sweatshirt action. It's been uh, it's been yeah. nice. Yeah, okay. the mornings have been awesome, but then it it heats the back heats back up. Yeah. Yeah, then you get a little nice suntan in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, so that's all it goes. I was just out at the soccer fields this evening, and I was like, "It's it's still pretty brutal. Still pretty brutal right now." Can we please move on with our lives? Yes. Let me yeah. get, let me enjoy pumpkin spice. You know, let me let me yeah. get to that time of the year. Hey, I had my just, first uh, sip of a of a PSL uh, this past <laughs> weekend. My my wife got one when we were at the grocery store, and yeah. I I had one sip, and I was like, "Oh man." That was good. I, I kind of wanted. I kind of want more, but I didn't. I didn't go all the way there. I usually try to avoid it because I love cinnamon and spice and all that that kind of flavoring. Mm -hmm. So I'll go. I'll go fully buying buying all the creamers and all the pumpkin spice candies and all that if I <laughs> if I go that direction. But try. I don't mind all that stuff. But I feel like I can't drink it or you know whether it's coffee or or or, or oktoberfest or whatever else like it's it, there's like a three-day window where you you can uh, enjoy that in texas it feels like i don't know i i don't i don't like it when it's still hot outside and and then it'll be cold so you gotta move on to winter flavors but yes I yes well, the best season of flavors in my opinion Agreed. all right here we go don't worry darling i think we should start off with the anticipation and some of the background here. So, Ellen, 
<laughs> who was telling us off the air that she has developed, you know, a mini oral history already. She's worth fleshing out for this thing of, of this, the, the chain of events that have led us here. And yes. it, we'll catch you up uh, on the, on the listener side of things. If you haven't been following variety or, uh, the behind the scenes news gossip world over the past uh, couple months, there has a lot been going on with this movie. And so Ellen, can you, I guess, get us up to speed on some of the stuff that's that's happened behind closed doors, I guess. Yes. Uh, I read the blind items, so you don't have to. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yes. <clears throat> Worry, darling. The oral history of a most cursed press tour. <laughs> I love this. All right. It starts April 2020. Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, and Shia LaBeouf are announced as cast in the new Don't Worry, Darling movie. September 2020, Harry Styles replaces Shia. October 2020, principal photography begins on Don't Worry, Darling. January 2021, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde, the director, are spotted attending his manager's wedding together. This later comes up as a source of contention on set since Olivia was breaking her own shelter-in-place rules that she has set in place for the cast and crew. February 2021, production ends. October of 2021, unprofessional behavior from Olivia Wilde is reported from an anonymous source that worked on set and about mm. Florence Pugh having to, quote-unquote, direct herself because Olivia was busy canoodling with Harry Styles on set and always being late. Um, an argument between canoodling. the two. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who among us? And that they Who had an us? argument between them. Um, it also alleges that last-minute NDAs were handed out for the entire cast and crew and that Jason Sudeikis at some point was banned from visiting the set and it was blamed on like COVID protocol. The floodgates opened for more blind items and more rumors uh, happen after that. The end of October, I don't know why I added this, but uh, Flor Florence Pugh cuts her hair in a very dramatic way at the end of October, <laughs> um, which... <laughs> As a woman, if you have long, blonde, beautiful hair and you suddenly cut it to a very dark, choppy pixie cut, like, she's going through something. Yeah, um. yeah, that's a fresh start kind of thing. Yeah, I, yeah. See what you, I see what you mean, yeah. I'm the same way, you know? Yeah. yeah. You gotta get a, a fresh cut when you want to reset the mind. I understand it, yeah. Yes. Um, November 2021, Olivia starts following Harry on tour and many, many videos of her dancing around in the VIP section follow along with his... Um, Single from his new album with the infamous line, Leave America, Two Kids Follow Her. It's all very, like, awkward. And my TikTok was flooded with these videos of her jumping around and dancing uh, amongst all these, yeah. like, tweens. Uh, it was very cringy. I did um, see the video of her dancing at the concert. It's the one thing I saw before <laughs> this all blew up was her. It was kind of, she was, like, kind of by herself, too. That was kind of weird. Yeah, it's like a roped off section. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's, like, standing alone dancing to Harry Styles. It was kind of, kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and then March of 2022, it's rumored that Florence will be joining the cast of Dune 2. And then June 16th, 2022, <laughs> Florence Pugh puts out a long post on her Instagram to promote her small role in the new Puss in Boots movie. Um, <laughs> and it's noted that she hasn't really used her Instagram at all to promote Don't Worry Darling. And this sounds very small potatoes and irrelevant, but like it's something that she's done throughout her career is like post constantly about like her projects and her next projects and promoting stuff. And she had been mostly silent on don't worry, darling, which just like fed the rumors and the mm -hmm. stories about yeah. she doesn't want anything to do with this movie that she's starring in. And then some of this just to add a little there was, is she's posting stuff 
on Instagram that has nothing to do with this movie pretty consistently the same day that new stuff about the movie would come out. So it was like new poster and she's over here. Oh, today's the day. I got to talk about this instead. Yeah. And just exactly. posting like, some awesome like magazine cover shot it's, or it's, yeah. Incredible. Uh-huh. Completely swerve the narrative. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. she's kind of a master. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. the, the shot I mean, of her walking into the, the <laughs> yeah. Venice film festival with the Aperol spritz and, the Valentino Ooh, out- get outfit <laughs> is an all timer. I mean, it is like it is one of the great moments of of 2022 for sure. Oh my god, her saying I will have to miss the press conference because I uh, can't, I won't be there. And like <laughs> that moment was during the press conference. Is her walking around with an Aperol spritz <laughs> elsewhere in Venice? Uh, <laughs> um, July of 2022 filming begins uh in dune 2 oh so she had posted previously that like it became official she was going to be in dune 2 uh mm-hmm. they f- started filming in july also in july going back to instagram olivia posts a long-winded instagram post very like butt kissy about florence Pugh and her performance and how amazing she is and she's their leading woman and all this stuff and florence neither likes it nor reposts mm-hmm. it nor comments on it again it sounds petty and small but like this is the world we live in and like she does a lot through her social media and it says more about what you don't say sometimes and what you don't do. <laughs> Was this after principal photography had finished that she posted this? Yeah. So this I think is I know what you're August. talking about is like mm-hmm. the, the, the picture of, of like the the monitor and it's got Florence yes. in the monitor. Okay. Yes. So that was after that had wrapped that she posted that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this I thought was, that was kind of in the moment. So, ooh, that's yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I went back and double checked. <laughs> yeah. August twenty fourth is when the infamous Variety interview and cover shoot comes out with Olivia Wilde, where she alleges that they fired Shia because um, she wanted to protect uh, Florence from him being. Shia. I mean, yeah, from so. him being Shia, essentially. Two days later, August 26th, Shia responds and leaks to Variety, leaks uh, screenshots of text messages between him him and Florence, uh, citing that he didn't get fired. He left their project because they didn't they weren't able to rehearse. And the text messages prove that their schedules leading up to principal photography prove that they didn't have any time to rehearse together. And then we get the infamous video uh shia shia (laughs) olivia wilde speaking to the camera begging him not to quit the project essentially and saying that this would be a quote-unquote wake-up call for miss flow um Mm. which feels like a dig (laughs) team flow flow. (laughs) um so 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 shia leaked leaked the video in response to the article Mm mm-hmm that was the moment that i kind of perked my ears up and was like oh what is going on with this with this movie, I had never seen anything like that. And it surprised me that Olivia didn't just say, like, what happens, you know, sometimes things just don't work out and people have to do other things and it doesn't work out. You know, why? I don't know why you have to tell people that he got fired and I didn't want him to shile a buff all over my movie. Yeah. That kind of mm-hmm. was not a, a smart move on her part. No, there's a lot of her shooting herself in the foot um, yes. and not looking good. Um, well, the day that that came out to Twitter, so I mean, clearly Olivia's representatives went on just a you know an offensive to try to kind of remove some of the bad buzz on this thing, and 
I remember that that was a day where it was like, I'm not sitting by Twitter just refreshing, 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 but you know, hey, I've got a break. Oh, I pull on my phone and I look at Twitter and it's another new article about that is very pro Olivia trying to get out in front of all this stuff and talking about all these things that, that she did on this, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. And it was, yes. it was like every three hours. Oh, it's Variety's turn. Oh, okay. Now it's, it's Hollywood Reporter. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. every single one of these outlets had a big, you know, Olivia thing. And then the next day, it all just comes crashing back down because Shia at least is like, uh, no, that's not what happened. And here's the receipts on that. It was. And she got served the papers, great, didn't she? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I skipped over that. That was April yeah. of 2022. So that was the Shia Shia comes out in August. So yeah, months before is when she was, was when Olivia was served custody papers while on stage at like an industry event to promote Don't Worry Darling and talk about her vision for this film. <laughs> Gosh. But yeah, so at this point, I'll note like, this is kind of like you guys were saying, this is when a lot of the collective, odd, you know, general audiences brought in on this drama. A lot of the stuff was just people who were really into reading blind items or just ear to the ground with social media when it comes to, you know, the actors we follow and stuff. So, Olivia Wilde is not looking very good here. Uh, she left the beloved Ted Lasso to, you know, everyone sees Jason that way for the much younger pop star Harry Styles. Um, that didn't really go over well from her for her. Um, and like everyone loves Florence Pugh. I right. don't know anyone who's not a fan of hers and also doesn't like her like personal persona as well. Um, so whether or not any of the rumors at this point are true olivia wilde looks bad mm -hmm. so it's kind of the public perception is easily turned when the perceived quote-unquote victims of her behavior are two people with like an endless amount of goodwill with the public right so i couldn't find the exact date on this one but i do remember around this time we're getting closer to the venice film festival chris pine does a his first like kind of really quick in the moment red carpet interview about don't worry darling and he goes on to just speak like really kindly about Florence Pugh and how great it is to see her at this point in her career. And then we're all reminded like one of her first roles was with him uh, in that Ben McKenzie Scottish King movie mm -hmm. from a few years back. Mm -hmm. Again, August of 22, Florence is on the cover of a magazine. Um, she briefly mentions Don't Worry Darling in the interview, but it is like very noted that she focuses all of her comments on praising the crew and all of the other like behind the scenes people for creating such a beautiful project and um, making such a visually stunning <laughs> like film and how hard they worked on it. No mention of anyone else. Again, mm. it's it speaks volumes what she didn't say. I um, saw Florence uh, this past weekend after it it was number one at the box office. Posted, you know, another Instagram post with like ten pictures and and none of them were of or mentioned Olivia or any of those people in it. It was yeah. just kind of just background crew people and her friends and, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to cherish this time in my life kind of post. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's very, it's very strange and it's it set up for an interesting weekend. And we were talking a bit, a bit about this uh, beforehand, you know, texting about it and stuff like that and, and how much the, was this a disappointment? You know, is twenty one million dollars uh, a disappointment? What What's your uh, opinion on that, Brian? This kind of movie doesn't make money overseas for sure, and that that was some of the focus. Was like, oh, Avatar beat it 
uh, worldwide. And that's just a smart play by Disney. That's that's Disney recognizing a soft spot in the calendar and knowing that uh, international audiences don't really care about like fifties Americana, you know, and that this is a spot where they can they can generate you know a little bit of money. I would say that that domestically, I I kind of think that that there were probably some executives that were breathing a sigh of relief that it got to twenty million dollars uh, over the weekend. I, th- I think that. There's definitely a world in which this opens to like a sub $10 million weekend. And I would guess that it about evened out as far as the PR versus the any news is good news kind of feeling on some of this stuff. Like I, there were definitely people who did not go see this movie because they saw the reviews and and the bad buzz that was uh, attached to it. And then there are definitely people that went to see this because of the bad buzz and mm-hmm. the drama yeah. behind the scenes and the gossip mongering and all this kind of stuff that, that I, I, and so I would, you know, if this was a, I don't want to spoil our, our reviews and I actually don't even know how, how, how the three of y'all feel on this, but let, let's just put it this way. This was a movie that had award aspirations. It didn't go that way. It didn't go well. So like if this movie had been 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, then maybe it wouldn't have mattered what all was happening behind the scenes. And maybe that I kind of feel like the top end, the best case scenario for this was somewhere in like the 25 to $30 million opening range. And so for it to end up at around 20 after everything that has gone on with this and every, and the terrible reviews, I mean, it's sub 40 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not, it's not what you're certainly not what they were expecting to get out of this. I would just, I, I, I would bet that they are quietly, uh, pleased that it got to the number it got to because it it mm-hmm. it puts it in the range of like it's probably not going to be like like profitable but we're probably now at this point we can we can say all right we're not we didn't just set money on fire to make a bad movie we we you know sort of broke even to make a bad movie i guess yeah, yeah I think at this I, point they're glad that it's it's over <laughs> yeah for sure for sure yeah they got they're glad that it's out there i wonder if they'll try to do any kind of awards for your consideration campaign after this, you got to think those plans have been, have been sidelined. Can you imagine them doing a campaign for Florence with her not participating in said campaign? That's what I mean. (laughs) It's like, man, that's a bummer. Yeah. As you kind of, this is like a waste, all wasted uh, opportunity for them to, I don't know, get, get that extra, you know, I think it's probably why they did a fall release to begin with and, and it bit them in the butt. So yeah, I think it probably evens out between the people that, were turned off by the drama and the bad reviews, people that were intrigued by the drama <laughs> and the bad reviews. And I think mm-hmm. the one factor that probably made a the biggest difference between this being a an eight million dollar opening weekend and a and a nineteen was Harry Styles being the star of this. So I think you have Harry Styles fans and the drama attached to that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, him in this big starring role with opposite Florence Pugh and the poster is them uh, you know, kissing and it's got, I think it's got that intrigue to it. And the guy is peaking. I mean, he, he raised a banner at Madison Square Garden, I think last weekend. Uh, so like the dude is, is, is on top of the wall right now. And then honestly, I might, I probably know more dudes that are into, into Harry Styles than women. And so that is, you know, probably part of the case too. You know, he just has a lot of fans that, that want to, want to see Harry Styles things. So I think that probably added mm-hmm. a significant chunk to, to the box office return for the opening weekend. And so you mentioned the reviews, Brian, mm-hmm. Ellen, Richard. Uh, let's get general thoughts now. 
uh, from each of you. We'll start with Richard. Richard went out of his way. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, which is why he hasn't been chiming in with humorous comments as normal. Richard, if you can uh, give us, you know, general general thoughts on on this. Weird movie. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. See, I think it performed very well because I think the idea of this making $35 million, even if it was good, is absurd. Of course, that discounts the idea of, of the pull of Harry Styles to a generation of people that it's weird because I, I like I'm nothing against Harry Styles, but I just mean it's it's hard because so many of his fans also don't go to movies at the same rate as people. Mm-hmm. So it's a really hard thing to as other generations rather. So it's a really hard thing to project what his impact would be if this was like a 75% of Rotten Tomatoes and didn't have the drama. It's hard for me to post COVID to think that this would do that great. Yeah. It's a bunch of people we like, but it's not, none of them are like, you know, I don't think Florence Pugh is putting butts in seats at quite the rate. Maybe she will in hopefully five years at a, on a mass level movie nerds for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think up against what I would project for this, it did fairly well, especially that it's not very well received and there was a lot of turmoil. Now, there's a lot of turmoil, whatever, however you say that. And then there's uh, the factor that a lot of people are just seeing this out of curiosity or irony or – yeah, so all of that. It's it's just weird that this exists. It has – I don't know. What was the – there was a funny tweet that was like, don't worry, darling, is a Jordan Peele movie made by a white lady? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. My favorite one out of uh, uh, wherever it's, where where did it show first at, at Cannes? Whatever it was, yeah. it was like, Venice. Just, oh yeah, Venice. There we go. Thank you. It was was like uh, just uh, White Mirror. Period. Yes, that was <laughs> Davis's. Like, okay. That's perfect. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. So um, that all that it's a very the thing about this movie is which is funny considering the way it's been received, but its intent is very. And there's a lot of things that are unfair about this reception, you know, with, and I think Olivia Wilde is very smartly marketed against those with a a female director getting slack for things that maybe a male director wouldn't. And I think all of that is fair (laughs) in a vacuum. This is a very self-serious movie with not much of a wink Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. very on the nose. And that's great. But that is not, you know, Alex Garland does that, but it, it does make the runway to which you must ra- land the plane much more narrow than if there's a little more joy to the film. So I think they, it falls victim to that too. And then the shot and Freud of all the things around it. And then you go, Oh, this isn't very good. It is pretty bizarre and pretty like matrix level philosophy. One Oh one. It's just a fun thing to laugh at. And mm-hmm. it, I think, I don't know if that necessary. I, I do think there are much worse movies than this. Mm hmm. Um, it's not like, you know, uh, Theodore Rex or anything, but all of that spins into a soup that makes it very fun, uh, to not enjoy. And that's some, at some point, the fault of the filmmakers and some of it's just bad luck. Sure. So that's good. I'm yeah. going to shut up now for 20 more minutes and drink a lot of water. Yeah. You know, it, it, it happens. And I think to, to the point earlier of, does this make more money if it's be- if it's a good movie opening weekend? Um, I think it does. I think I th- I don't think like bad press can ruin a movie's trajectory. I think it can really only only enhance it. Um, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm using the example of like Eyes Wide Shut in my mind and how that kind of 
propelled it to kind of a, a, a yeah. you know, critics kind of understanding what was going on and, 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 and all of that. So um, I looked into but on a, the opposite. You can have a Gili, you know, where there's yeah. a ton of drama and the movie sucks and it completely destroys the movie dead in the water style, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't think this is to that level, but um, I think it's falls kind of right in the middle of those. Yeah, I, I, saw, I mean, we're we're kind of used to. I know what you're about to say, Ellen, and I want, I want so I'm going to throw this to you because because this is what I was thinking about was are we holding Olivia Wilde to a standard, a different standard than what we would hold a male director to, and mm-hmm. and I don't I know think Stanley Kubrick was pretty easy. Though, is that. that we're we're kind of used to the concept of co-stars, you know, having an affair or or becoming romantically involved or or whatever else that happens frequently, you know, with with whether it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie or uh, Russell Crowe and Meg Ryan or, you know, whoever else like that, that happens. I was thinking Russell Brand when you said Russell Crowe first. <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, wow, I did combo, not know that I'm one. Maybe into it. I don't know. Let's, let's, uh, let's find out. Exactly. Your cheekbones bones have gotten pretty high, love. <laughs> Um, that would, okay, I'm interested. Um, but the, you know, I, I think, I think we, we, that happens. We see that pretty frequently. Like Rupert Sanders, Kristen Stewart thing is, is yeah really the only director star. And I, and I'm sure there are more, but like Ellen, you sent me this, this piece that Vanity Fair did on, on this kind of stuff. And I mean, there's not a whole lot of cases of, of director star. So I, do, I do think that that's where some of this, yeah, not in like recent in, times. Know. Like Peter Bogdanovich did it back in like the seventies, right, but you know, right. like- <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's a yeah, definitely. Like recently, I, How about so- Spielberg and the ET robot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? It's not a robot, sir. Uh, it's a real life thing. No, the the uh, it's a robot. Yeah, it's a robot. Um, but there's a joke for three people. Uh, no, I, 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 it was like I, I kind of, I thought I looked through that lens, Ellen, a little bit of like trying to make sure. You know, I don't come in with holding again, holding to her to a standard that I would not hold whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know you're saying. <laughs> or somebody else too. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like to make it like a sports metaphor. It's like the difference between a quarterback and a wide receiver or something like you expect more from the director than you might from you, your co-star, sure, your, yeah. your star, whether it's oh, male yeah. or female. It's just a, it's a different thing and i think that that's that's a big part of what leads to all of this drama and then i think eventually also to a movie that does isn't very good and doesn't matter you know equal up to anywhere close to what its potential was and i think so. yeah there, and there are surely different levels of unprofessional behavior sure, that directors sure. have yeah. d- you know gotten away with and i'm certainly not the person to be like yeah she slept with her her you know leading guy and everyone's up in arms about it but like literally david o russell's having another big movie premiere next in a couple sure. weeks and like sure. yeah. you know right. the different types of unprofessional behavior um that we're right. just okay with right. but like mm-hmm. i mean that's a whole uh, neither here nor there but mm-hmm. like yeah i get what you're saying yeah i i i think uh you know olivia wilde is a a new director right? and honestly you know you talk about the Jordan Peele aspect of it. And I was kind of surprised at how weird she went with this second film, you know, with her first being book smart, such a feel good comedy. And to go 
basically the complete opposite direction mm-hmm. with this. I think from the outset, the fact that uh, this is something very different, the fact that she was attached to this, there was this bidding war for Olivia Wilde's next project kind of before it e- anyone even kind of knew what it was. Uh, she cast herself in the lead. The Florence P. role was supposed to be her at the beginning. I think there was a sense on set, probably even in pre-production, like this is an Olivia Vanity project and we're all a part of it. And look how good of a director I am. Like, look where I, I can go from Booksmart to this, to 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 Jordan Peele level, you know? And it's a very ambitious second film to 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 just try to try to pull off. And so I think she had that working uh, against her and that and that certainly didn't help things. But general thoughts on this was it was fine. <laughs> I mean, I have no Yeah. Like this was not an offensively bad movie to me. Yeah. Um it wasn't great. It doesn't stick the landing like you want these these movies to do, but I think it has parts that work in its favor. I think it's saved by Florence's presence in the, in the mm. movie. I, 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 you know, I honestly, if that's Olivia Wilde or honestly, maybe anyone else, I don't know if I feel the same, but I think she's, you know, among the best at, at what she does right now. And mm. mm-hmm. she, you just can't take your eyes off her and she can lead a, a movie and, you feel for her and she can do all this, all this stuff. And then you have this surrealistic setting too, that I thought was, was pretty interesting. I think from a production design level, this was a uh, something, you know, interesting. Uh, I don't know. We don't see dystopias like this very much or simulations that are just straight 1955 mid-century modern, like throwback. I thought that was an interesting way to go about that. But, um, you know, this is a high concept movie that I think everyone on set just kind of felt like, okay, this is probably not going to work at the end. And it felt awkward the entire time. But Ellen, what I was like impressed with was like the, the scenes with Olivia and, um, and Florence's characters towards the end of the movie are like, mm-hmm. there's like visible tension there. <laughs> and I don't know yeah. if char- their characters are supposed <laughs> to be like best friends in the movie. But like you can kind of sense the awkward, awkward tension between the two characters, and maybe that's the mindset we had going in. But I felt it. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Um, I mean, obviously, don't know what the filming schedule was like, uh, but yeah, you can kind of see that. But it fe- well, it feeds into the the movie's narrative. So whether that's like them, their tension bleeding over into the film or there being something kind of like a little off there, like they're supposed to be best friends, but there's something a little off. Like, I mean, it plays for, it plays well for the movie in a way. I mean, yeah, again, not to get into like spoilers, but like there's some, yeah, Olivia Wilde's character, like there's tension between her and all the women just like Mm -hmm. on a level with like her character. Um, But yeah, I think that, I mean, Florence, her her performance really did carry the movie. I mean, I guess as any lead of a film that, you know, 90% of the movie is is with her on screen, you would hope that it would. Um, but I was, I truly loved what, you know, what little we got between her and Chris Pine. 
I'm, I just remember like the scene with the two of them talking in the kitchen. I was like, oh man, now these are mm. two like really good actors. Just like, yeah, it was good. It was eating up this scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you knew something was going to come to a head there. Uh, let's talk about the casting a little bit. Uh, we mentioned Flo. Uh, Harry brought in after Shia. And I got to imagine Shia probably signed on for this and then saw like, okay, there's not a lot to work with here. And I can't shy a LaBeouf all over this thing. So that's why he was angry. Because I didn't think. I can't there's imagine a few, him in this a few role. moments. Like, uh, let's, uh, let's get into spoilers here. So we got yeah. some spoilery talk coming up for Don't Worry, Darling. If you have not seen it, be advised. There's, you know, a few moments where Harry gets some, some acty stuff out, mainly towards the middle and end when uh, his wife is taken from him in the car. I think that's the, mo- the main. May moment, but I, I think, yeah, from, from that character's perspective, there's just not a lot there. And so I don't think, I think Shia LaBeouf was probably turned off by that and wanted to do more and, and they never could never work it out. So how do they whittled um, down that character? Yeah, one of the rumors too, maybe they whittled it down as, a bit too for Harry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think there sure. could have been more He's there. The, but, uh, the rookie yeah. quarterback, they still hear out now, G earlier, yeah. Brian, the, uh, <laughs> no, the rookie 100%. quarterback offense for him. One read and get down. Yeah. <laughs> Right. That's probably true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Once Didn't ask as much of him as right. they would have for Shia. Yeah. For sure. I mean, the, 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 the early rumor was that his, like, kind of maybe even Jared Leto ish intensity was, was upsetting and off putting. Um, and so, I mean, you can totally see that. But yeah, I think that there's, I definitely think there's, yeah. yeah, I definitely think there are sequences here that, like, I don't know how he would have pulled off the, 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 the charm of Harry Styles of just being a human being that yeah. Harry Styles is, you know, I don't know how that plays, but I definitely think that the scenes where there are acting and there is acting involved would have been a lot better. I, 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 cause, I agree. Cause Florence is bringing like heat in this. I mean, she's really, it would be very, I mean, they're not going to campaign for her to, for this because she's not going to go out and do the campaign thing. This is like one of the better performances in a not very good movie I've seen in a very long time. I mean, she's she's yeah. incredible. I mean, I think she could easily get squeeze a couple noms out of this if they really sure. wanted it. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. So I I think that Shia would have been a much more interesting counterpart on screen. I understand. I want to be clear. I understand why he's not in the movie. It's just you know if he was, <laughs> I think that the. I think there's a because you're right, Ellen. Like this, the the two scenes in the movie that that feature both Chris Pine and Florence Pugh are 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 maybe the best in the movie. Yeah, and it's like because hey, it's she's incredible and the best Chris is on screen. And goodness, this is pretty. You know, this could this could be something. And then you know, a minute later, she's hanging out with Harry Styles. And you're like, ooh, okay, this guy's not very good. I don't know. Like this is just yeah. this is kind of a a struggle. I don't think he's terrible in this, but it's it's not. You're definitely not dealing with with like what I would call like a high class actor at this point. Um, I'd say yeah, this, think, the the camera certainly. Than what Twitter wants you to think. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'd say he's he's you know a mid tier actor. What I am impressed with is how I I don't know in a Timberlake kind of way. He kind of I, I I'm not like seeing him as Harry Styles in the movie and. Timberlake, when I'm watching the social network, I'm not thinking like, oh, why is the guy from NSYNC here? You know, I think he does a good job of turning off his, his Harry Styles. And it's the one thing in the movie that I was like curious about. It's like, why does he still have a British accent in this movie? 
that was the one. And then they have a, a, you know, it's part of the twist of why he does. And I thought, what did you guys think about them uglying up Harry Styles? <laughs> it's like, he's still very, way handsomer than me. Even the, even the like zitted up version is like a very <laughs> handsome, handsome guy. Yeah, they put a lot of grease in that hair. Like yeah. just, trying to make Tobey yeah. Maguire nerdy, you know, and just didn't, <laughs> didn't ever really fully work. And so, yeah, Tom Holland too, you know, so it's, it's kind of got that. That going on. So I thought that was good casting. You mentioned Frank. I thought this is a really fun character for Chris Pine uh, yeah. to do. We don't see him do like the antagonist thing very often. And I, mm-hmm. I'm i into it, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love Chris Pine. I think he's, I, I do. I think he's the best Chris. And yeah, the. Let's rank him. Like, go, first of all, mine would be, Brian, mine would be Pine, go- Evans, Pratt, Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yours was Brian's was um, Pine Christie mm-hmm. Evans yeah. yeah Kirkpatrick from Insync <laughs> right yeah and then Hemsworth right mm-hmm. yeah and Chris but, Carter but Hemsworth but the shirtless gift the, of uh, Hemsworth in uh, Bad Times the Old Royale is higher than the rest of Hemsworth oh, okay <laughs> yeah just to be clear <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> be a funny bit to obviously chris christie at the top Um, christopherson yeah 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 christopherson's probably number one if we're being real but of the modern chris's mine my top five chris's is just jenner five times what i (laughs) I don't don't boo me brian that's good he loves a mart you know she loves a martini yeah (laughs) you are top eight top five chris's real fast um The, uh, <laughs> I think we were kind of. Does Topher Grace count? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think we were ahead of the curve though on on Pine being best Chris because when the conversation started, I think we were in agreement. Like, yeah, he's our favorite. And as the years have played out here, the past two or three, mm-hmm. seems like we're kind of his trajectory yeah, seems to yeah. be on the. Uh, I, I'm interested in what Evans does here soon. Yeah. Uh, Hemsworth seems to be like I'm doing Thor or Netflix action movies. Yeah. That's my career. And he knows Pratt what he is. He's he's is a the same movie way. star. Yeah. Just do movie star roles. That's right. fine. It's totally fine. That's that's yeah. what he should do. Pine, I think, has more to the craft a little bit than yeah. than the rest of them do. Um, although, I mean, Pratt's been Pratt. I think for off screen issues, maybe more than anything else, I think kind of gets a bad rap. Like he's very good when he's out of those. Ro- it's just he mostly at this point is just playing variations of the character in Jurassic world or whatever. And so when he doesn't do that, he's actually pretty good at it. But I think pine is, is the best by a, by a fair stretch, but to bring it back to the movie, like you see the sequences with the two of them. And for me, it's a, it just feels like a wasted opportunity. It's like, man, if this was, if this movie was up to the, the, the par of, of what these two are bringing, gosh, this could really be something, but it's, it's just not there. I, I don't think you brought up Timberlake, Kent and I, I, I thought that too. Some with styles, but more, some of it. I think it was just like kind of how those these the those things remind or those people reminded me of each other. But like there were points when this that reminded me of that uh, Timberlake Amanda Seyfried sci-fi in, in like time, in time yeah. or time, whatever. Really? It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was just like this. That was a mo- that movie is way worse than this movie. For, Brian, for Brian brings up we mostly edit it out, but he brings that movie up on every episode. <laughs> yeah, it's my big. It's my. You're thing. not on here all the time, um, Alan. But Kent and I've just gotten um, so tired of it. Right, Cry and Pixar movies. Talk about yeah. it in time. Um, we'll be like, what Denzel the- movie is okay? Moving on. Is Brian <laughs> a little more on in time. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So, I mean, that movie is way, way worse than this. Uh, but it, I think this movie thinks that it's way more clever than it is. And that is a, yes, a, a, a pretty consistent issue when you have like bad sci fi. A lot of times, a big chunk of it just comes down to we have this great concept that's going to blow your mind. And if the concept doesn't blow your mind and it, it usually doesn't, then you're just like, right. But this is just not a very good movie. Like you didn't, you didn't make a good movie. You had, a cool, I, what you thought was a clever, cool twist on Stepford Wives and the village or whatever else. And you yeah. don't really, it's not nearly as clever as you think it is. And it sets the rest of the movie up poorly, I think. Yeah. I think what they saw this as, because it was a, it was a screenplay by the Van Dyke grandsons, the grandsons of, of Dick Van Dyke, uh, had, had come you. up with the this. grandsons of, Jerry Van or the grand nephews of Jerry Van Dyke is how I prefer to say it. From yes, Ch- from Coach. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke still with us, by the way. Still signing, still yeah. popping off. Same with Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart and Dick Van Dyke are still out there kicking it. Same <clears throat> Mel Brooks too. Those guys are like a hundred, and they're <clears throat> still out there doing their thing. Uh, so yeah, they they put this thing. It made it on a on the blacklist and was a very you know hyped up project. I think. You know, the studio saw this as, okay, this is a great vehicle for an up-and-coming director and a leading lady, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, they nailed the leading lady thing and this being a great vehicle for a performance for a leading lady. It just, I think, what's on the page, regardless of the twist, I think the journey to get there is what attracted them. And so I don't necessarily think, I, you know, this probably could have been done by a a different director, but it doesn't change the ending. I don't think a different director would, would vastly change the twist. I think that was kind of what it was going to be. I know she did stuff. a big rewrite of the script, right? Mm. That was came out, know. but I don't know what it was. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the ending. So <laughs> yeah. I just mean that it was probably always going to be a simulation at the end. Right. In some, mm. in some way. And what I, I honestly thought so it was much good. stronger if it had been, lean in more into like twilight zone area and it'd be like mm. he's act like frank is actually exercising real mind control here and this is a real place mm-hmm. um i think and he's gaslighting f- her yeah something like yeah, that yeah i mean yeah. well because like yeah it just felt like a lot of the things added up to that and then when you like small details don't make sense with it being a simulation and they're not physically there Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and when I think you it would have made Frank a much more sinister and compelling villain, mm-hmm. rather than like he created some code. Yeah, <laughs> when you don't well, have the scene yeah. from the Matrix of Morpheus explaining that you know, basically reality is just electrical impulses to the brain, and that's you know, what's the difference between that and mm-hmm. reality? Essentially, you know, that's mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the end what they're going for here, but there's no explanation of that. It's just uh, her laying in a bed with devices over her eyes. I thought it was a very black mirror ending. I mean, almost should have been just a black, a black mirror episode. But again, I think they saw this as a vehicle for a director and an actress to, to get Mm -hmm. some buzz and some award awards consideration maybe out out of this, because I think it has some, some old school inspiration and, Certainly some good costume design and, and the cinematography was, was pretty strong and, and all, and all that kind of stuff. So I, 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 you know, they, they didn't stick to landing where I thought they were going with this based on just like Easter eggs 
if you will, uh, no pun intended, was like she was going to be dead. Like he was going to have murdered her. Yeah. Uh, because like the for me, it was the skeletons dancing on the TVs. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this seems to be like she's, that's a hint that she's de- actually dead and living in this yeah. basically purgatory or whatever it is. You know, I don't, I've said often, I'm, I don't, I don't think ahead on movies like this. I very rarely am like, oh, I figured that out or whatever. That's just not, that's not really how my, my brain works when watching this. I was about 10 minutes in. I was like, this is not, this is not real. There's a, I couldn't figure, I wasn't sure if it was a simulation or if it was just the village, you know, and they were living in a, mm-hmm. a some kind of controlled environment or whatever. Yeah. Controlled environment. But it was very early. There was just something, some vibe there that was like, no, okay, I've, I've got this. This is, this is not. And I don't think that that helps. Sometimes I think that that can help. Like, I think, I think there's times when, it's like you can enjoy trying to figure out what's happening or you can you once you kind of have figured it out you can be like oh okay I'm looking for the clues on this kind of stuff it did not help for me in this <laughs> in this setting cuz then it was like okay this is kind of dumb and all right no that's dumb that's not going to that's not going to play the way that it, it it maybe is intended to play it, it it was again going back to I just I don't think that the the script was and the direction too was nearly as uh as clever and thought out as, as intended. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was detrimental to the, to the thing. And, and I mean, the last, to get the, the I, to kind of what y'all are saying too, it's not just that I didn't love, I didn't, I wasn't surprised by the twist or whatever. The, the, the pacing and the kind of the, the, the beats on the reveal to that stuff was, was pretty, pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It was a, a very rushed conclusion and it didn't feel, I think you said it, uh, Ellen, it, it, it didn't feel like the details had been thought through very well on that mm-hmm. much at all to me. Yeah. Like we've written ourselves into a corner. Um, we need to just, we need to get through this third act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we walked out and, and Lindsay was like, well, why did, I don't, I don't understand why he, he could die. Yes. You know, and. What, you know, if you die, and she she makes that big point of like, if a man dies in here, then he dies in the real world or whatever, and that's totally fine. Like, I don't really care. Again, for the millionth time that we say, it's like I don't care what you can establish whatever rules you want. Just you do have to establish them and then follow those rules. And I didn't feel like there was a a whole lot of uh, oh, that was just of, squeezed of in there for that. no reason. Yes. Yeah, it it just felt like well, all right, we need to kill him off here. And then we also, I guess, need to kill off Frank immediately as well. And that was um, so unearned. I was like, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, does she know that? She, I guess she does. She has. To. I mean, it just it, it was well, her saying it was it's really my turn rushed. now. What does that even mean? Yeah, it doesn't like- make any sense at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just I don't know. It it did. Uh, like I said, it just it all felt very rushed. And like you said, Ellen, we got it. Okay, it's third act time. Let's uh, chop chop here, you know. Let's uh, let's get moving, and and that's that's disappointing. Given again the pedigree and the, and the people that are involved with this movie, you should you should really expect more than that. I think. Yeah, and I felt like there was a good movie in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I I'm with you. I there's a thing with the village, and spoiler alert coming up for a movie twenty plus years <laughs> old at this point. If you don't know the twist to the to the village. But there's a moment in the village where, you know, they cross the fence line and you see a like a Chevy Silverado drive by or whatever, right? 
and you're like two hours into this movie. And I remember right, sitting there in the right. theater and being like, wait, what? what? You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah, totally. This, totally. that moment happens here where it kind of flashes to her working in a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't yeah. have that feeling. <laughs> But yeah. I think it's, just, it's like this movie desperately wants you to have that. Wait, there this isn't the 1950s, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. But I you right. never have right. that. You always yeah. know that this is fake, but you're just thinking, okay, how is this fake, and why is this fake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you find that out, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. If you like <laughs> yeah, if it, does. Bruce Willis was like kind of sparkly all of the sixth sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a little yeah. bit. You're like, I wonder why. Right. Was that a makeup Can- person or? Yeah, you're just turning to the person next to you. Like, can you, can you kind of see through him? I don't, I don't. Like. Oh, what, you go. You, oh, ah, got it. Got okay, it. Yeah. that's did done. you that did you guys sense. think uh, it was going to end like <laughs> she that she was going through this whole episode and she was just going to get locked up for being crazy? I like, can totally this see the 1950s. why. Why do you think this is the 1950s? Right. And she's like I, I, being yeah, traumatized yeah. by her abuse right. or whatever, and that's how it ends. I can totally see why you thought why you could potentially think it was that way. Mm-hmm. I just, like I said, I I very very immediately was like, nope, this is this is either a simulation or it is like you know locked away in a, a controlled environment. I just I don't know. There was something about it that was like, nope, I know I know what's happening here. And then I think it's supposed to be a big play or like a, a an, an aha moment maybe or something of when you hear her breathing at the end, you know, it cuts to black and you hear her awaken mm-hmm. or whatever in the bed. And you're like, well, but that was, I mean, it was pretty obvious that that was going to happen. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was, it just didn't have the, the pop that you need to make, to be clear, you don't have to have, I mean, I think we, we get, we get way too caught up in the mystery box and, and, and twist endings and all this kind of stuff in, in a post, uh, in a, in a post six sense world. But <laughs> I mean, this movie's built around these things. And so if you're going to do those things, if you're going to build around the, the surprise and the twist and all this kind of stuff, then by its the very nature, you have to do that to well. Good, you, yeah. yeah. You have to do that really well or else you are going to wait. You're going to walk, even if there was no drama behind the scenes, even if, doesn't it doesn't matter all these things don't matter if 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 the the twist is still this kind of middling then it's it's hard to walk out and be like yeah that that ruled that was pretty awesome instead you're left saying i don't think that was nearly as bad as as the press maybe kind of led it to to be but it certainly wasn't nearly as good as uh the the anticipation was for it you know in february or something it was yeah. it just doesn't have the the pop that it needs from a scripting or a director a director standpoint. And also, I mean, I think I don't know what's next for for Olivia. I don't I don't know how lots of directors, male God and knows. female, have <laughs> yeah have bad movies early in their career or or I don't know mediocre, disappointing movies. Let's at least say in early in their careers and. Things like that happen. I do think it is an indictment of her direct directorship, directorship, directing her, ability. Her ability that, to lead on set is more than her technical well, ability. I think for sure. Like, that's for sure. I think that's more the more of the job. And we talked about this with Colin Trevorrow. It's like yes, he's great yes. at that part. Yeah, he can well, lead. The, he, he's the, one of the best people to ever work with. Everyone loves mm-hmm. him. Makes hundreds of people feel accomplished. And right. you're you were absolutely right at the beginning of this conversation of. That's the job. It's like you need to direct well, this thing. 
And like we're waiting around for because of you. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, you're the I you're the boss. One of the hallmarks <laughs> when you're looking for for good directors, good work as a director or or bad work as a director is how the supporting actors do in a movie. I think is a big indicator on on this stuff, and and not always because sometimes it's like we had. You know, we had two really, we, we had the money for two actors and the rest of the cast is just kind of made up with whoever. She got names, uh, for this thing. She got recognizable faces, all this sort of stuff. Pine and, and Florence are by clear, I mean, are the best actors in this movie by a, a wide stretch and they're great on screen. Even people that we really like, I think, in other stuff or have liked in the past, not good in this. It's not just Harry Styles who's mediocre or, or worse. It's, I thought Nick Kroll was awful, and I love Nick Kroll. I thought he was terrible in this. I thought Jimmy Chan was pretty bad. I thought mm-hmm. Kiki Lane's part got cut down so much you can't hardly get a feel for like what she was actually doing. But yeah, more of the drama there. She tweeted the day <laughs> of its yeah. wide release because her and the the actor who played her husband they're now together in real life. So she tweeted mm-hmm. some or not tweeted. She put on her Instagram pictures of them on set, saying even though. Most of our scenes were cut out of the movie. I'm so glad that I got to like do this so that I could meet you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like just throwing all kinds of shade. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I think that that is usually indicative of of poor director when 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 the the, the supporting and maybe it's not maybe maybe a bad director is the wrong term but like a distracted director at least feels fair. I don't know. It's <laughs> there's Usually you're going to get, you, you should get something out of that supporting work. And, and there's, it's an, it is a net negative. And I, th- I felt like it was a net negative by, a, by a pretty, pretty big stretch as well. And that, that usually comes back to reflect. And an indicator of how awesome Ari Aster and Greta Gerwig are. Those are actors sure. too. For sure. Can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no, no question. <laughs> get, you, if you get a cast, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not like this is, uh, the greatest cast of all time. But if you if you get to work with these, you, you should. I don't know. I feel like you owe it to the movie, the audience, and to the actors to to get the best out of what they have to offer. And I I do not believe that that is what happened with anyone outside of of uh, of Florence and and Chris Pine. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I think the Chris Pine's character Frank has a line in the movie of chaos is the enemy of of progress, and I think there's something creepy about symmetry. And people doing the same things every day and the way the cars in this film drive all at the same time and pull out. I think there's something creepy about that. And they try to go for that here. We've seen it recently explored in Severance. I think they do a good job of of uh, showing that the like, order is kind of in itself chaotic. And so I, I enjoyed that part about it. I like the department store scene. And just like the way that was set up was pretty, from a production design aspect, pretty interesting. Reminded me of the master a little bit. And I, you know, the character of Frank in and of itself, I think was probably inspired uh, Mm -hmm. a bit by, by the master. Uh, The one like surreal moment of the movie. And there's a few that kind of worked for me was when the wall starts to push, push in on her as she's Mm -hmm. like looking out the window. I thought that was a kind of a, an interesting, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was on the page or if Olivia came up with that or what, but I thought that was a, that was a cool, a cool moment. But yeah, other than that, it gets to the end, it happens and the lights came up guys. And I'm not joking you. Somebody behind me literally said, what was that? 
I could not comprehend what had just gone down in the last 10 minutes. They're like, why? Wait, why? Why? What? Huh? So, yeah, I think it kind of left a lot of people with that with that uh, feeling and and that's not great but yeah i think if olivia can work out some some of her i don't know personal issues i think she has an eye for it and certainly has the experience of working with a lot of a lot of great filmmakers uh in her career so you know we'll see what she does here but i think she needs a redemption project uh call it beanie feldstein mm-hmm. see if we can get something going I mean, or, if I were Beanie, I wouldn't touch her, but sure. <laughs> yeah, Be- Beanie seems to be drama-free right now. She just left the Broadway because, funny of, girl. because yeah. of drama. So, yeah. I mean, that is a real thing that has to be, you know, a part of this is, is you know, I mean, I it, it's it's extremely fair to say that, that this was not a, a very professional set. And how how is she going to recover from that? And I, I, I you know. Maybe very well. I don't know. Like I said, many, 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 many directors have had a bad sophomore movie or or whatever. And so these these things happen. It's just you do only get you do only get so many opportunities. And especially when you're a female director, that's not fair. That's not how it should be by any means. Um, but I think we all know that there's you're more likely to get a second, third, fourth chance if you're a male director than you are a female director. And so I mean legitimately could have issues down the line i mean she's got this this next movie is called perfect i don't really know anything about it it's mckenna grace and thompson mckenzie uh, oh it's the carrie strug movie uh that's what it yeah. is. yeah uh, yep forgot about that and then she's supposed to be doing a sony marvel project but that's that's i i don't know man that we'll doesn't see. seem like it's likely i i would say at this point because that's only announced it's not pre-production it's not dated it's none of that stuff so i that they could still pull her likely yeah that <laughs> seems i would almost i think i would bet on that one gets pulled at this point but is she gonna she better cast know. sam elliott as that russian coach in that movie remember yes that has to be sam elliott if it's not what are we doing <laughs> But he that's doesn't. Diff- he doesn't even attempt the the act. Yeah, yeah. See, Sam Elliott just as normal Sam Elliott. He just wears a cowboy hat yeah. still. Just like, yeah, Curry, come with me. What I do. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice flip. Um, nice I, flip. Nice flip. Hell of a flip, Carrie. Hell of a flip. Who's going to be Carrie Strug? That seems Coors. like it would have been a perfect uh, Florence role. If this, it's uh, uh, Thomas and McKenzie. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But. Sony project though, if anything can revive Olivia Wilde, it's Olivia Wilde. It's uh, Olivia Mild. it's Venom Four. It's Venom Four. Yeah, exactly. There's... Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Do it. It's, uh, it's, I don't know how you do a Carrie Strug Bella Caroli movie, knowing what we yeah. know about. Bella yeah. 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 Like it's uh, a little dicey. Probably be. What did you get that it. thing? Hey, we got a part you'll be perfect for. Uh, <laughs> you always want to be a doctor, right? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, it's not good. There'll be a movie about all that Sam, at some point. Yeah, sure. Sam Elliott. That's so funny, Kent. The Nasser movie. <laughs> Get ready. Jesus. Please don't. Just do a documentary and move on. We don't, they did. No it's one called. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah. Let's let's leave it there. Patient it A. I think it's called. For the love, we do not need a please athlete. A. Do not make a movie about this. Oh please, please no. Let some things be. Ugh. Yes. 
All right, let's hit a grade for this one. I I I don't think this is as bad as as the movies. I mean, as the review aggregators say, thirty percent on on Rotten Tomatoes. That's like it's Justice League level, uh, Batman, <laughs> Superman, PJR level. I don't think it's that. Um, but it it the way those things work is it works the opposite with animation, where it's like you'll give it a a positive review because of like yeah it had a it was fine positive you know but with this when you expect so much and you expect it to be awardsy like it gets the opposite uh, reaction so it's like i can't i can't recommend it if if you're looking for like a great movie but i don't think it's a bad movie so if you're looking for a great movie i can't recommend it so i'll, I'll give mm-hmm. it like a i'm like between a b minus and a b so i'm like an 83 so i'll give it like a b minus brian yeah, I'm lower, but I'm not. Uh, in some ways, I'm kind of disappointed at how not terrible this is because it just yeah, this would have been this fun to make fun where, of. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'm not really a you know watch bad movies. Bad movies are enjoyable kind of guy, but like there just was so much with this one that it it's almost a, there. There was no world in, at this point where it was gonna clear because it's just not very good. But there was no world where it was gonna aspire to be top 10 of the year so i kind of wish it was so bad that it was it was bottom 10 of the year instead um but florence wasn't gonna let that happen ellen so um <laughs> but it's almost an, it's it's almost disappointing because of that i'll just go with like a straight c this isn't gonna be probably anywhere near the 10 worst movies that i saw this year but it's it certainly does not uh it, it, at the very least i think it's 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 incredibly disappointing given everything that it maybe could have been so c for me what about you ellen um, yeah, I, uh, maybe this is just, just my own personal taste, but I feel like there was just like a few things that could have been changed and this would have been really good for me. Mm, just, sure. uh, like plot wise, uh, script wise, had it been some kind of real location rather than like a simulation. And he was, either, the breadcrumbs all led to that. Um, and I felt like we got disappointed with like, oh, it's virtual. Oh, well, yeah, okay. that is disappointment. If she had like escaped a real facility, mm-hmm. that would have been a yeah. way like more yeah. satisfying ending. I feel like. Sure. Yeah, it's like what was the point of them pushing pills on her? Yeah, she's yeah. not. A, she's not really there. When she started uh, to drive away, I thought that's where it was going. Mm-hmm. Like she's gonna bust through the Walt Truman Show style at the yeah. end or something. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. watching Frank, uh, or. You know, watching Harry Styles when when he's dancing on the stage and Frank just keeps like giving him commands and he does it. I'm like, this is hypnosis. This is real mind control. This is cool. Like, but that wasn't the case. Um, By the way, she wakes up in a bed that she's chained to and the guy's dead. So, like, I don't know that this has a happy ending. Like, I that's I mean, you can yell really loud. Like, that's not. Wasn't a great, wasn't a great uh, way to end it. Sorry, Ellen, I didn't mean to no, interrupt the grade. No, please. Just, the, 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 <laughs> so many little plot holes that did not happen, like, but could have been yeah, totally. easily changed and fixed and made for a more cohesive. So that being said, like, I, there are a lot of things that did work and that I did enjoy. And obviously, like, the visuals were amazing. I want to live in that house. That was, it was, you know, like, Kaufman I loved house. it. Yeah. Yes. That's- um. It was awesome. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's a B for me. Like it could be better, but it could also be way worse. And it, mm. thank God it wasn't. So it's a B. Yeah. yeah I don't know how much really, credit I should give to the production design because they just went to the Kaufman house and turned all the cameras. <laughs> I mean, you know, they didn't even have to, do, have to build anything. Just go to this great uh, Richard Neutra. Those other little houses. I loved them. Yeah. 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 That neighborhood mm. was cool. I want to, mm-hmm. you think it's in Long Beach? 
very it's Palm Springs. Palm Springs. I'm sorry, it was two words. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. What's your grade, Richard? I'll kill it a little bit. Um, I'll go <laughs> D plus. I thought Styles was way worse than you guys did. Nothing. Mm. Love the guy. But he's, he's got a movie was, coming out called My Policeman that's not yeah. getting great oh. buzz either. Yeah, he's yeah. Double, so. it's, a, it's a rough year. For he can't period. do the dramatic stuff. I mean, no. like, he was in, in the scenes between him and her when he's, like, really getting worked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just didn't deliver, like, the desperation that you know that that right. character had, especially knowing what we know at the end. Like, he should have been delivering more desperate in mm-hmm. his arguments yeah. with her. And Maybe he shouldn't be trying to star in movies. Maybe he should just yeah. stick to the yeah. Dunkirk yeah. kind of cameos yeah. or right. you know, Nolan like Swift said, will no pop up in you. one scene of yeah. a movie every now and then. Uh, yeah, big, you know, big agree. Sing a cat's number. Do something I mean, like sometimes that. Sometimes you see a, a newer, younger actor and you're like, hey, not there yet, but he, he has, the, has the potential. I would say I do not see the potential there. I think that no. he's... He might have some potential as like like in the Eternals or whatever he ends up doing in the MCU. Like, yeah, t- sure, that could that could work out. I don't see him as somebody who has the potential to carry uh, a movie or or it's a Timberlake thing all over again. Yeah, to- absolutely, hundred percent. If rom coms were still a thing, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. sure. Like that one. Well, Pete Davidson's getting all those roles. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, the most lovable man in America. No, you're right. <laughs> All right, let's uh, hit a quick weekly recommend before we get out of here. Weekly recommends. Uh, what you got for us this week, Richard? Yeah, I've got just a book. I'm going to go quick because I'm losing voice. I've got to save it for uh, our next step we're recording here. But uh, I'm reading the uh, Phil Mickelson unauthorized oh. biography that mm. had all the live golf quotes in it that was a big <laughs> scandal earlier in the year. So I finally got to the book, and it's hilarious and <laughs> wild. Golfers are insane people. And that's it. Phil's a legend on a lot of a lot of levels. I don't care about golf at all, but <laughs> Phil's an interesting, uh, yeah, interesting personality, and was from like the age of four. That's yeah. what I learned in this. <laughs> so, <laughs> just a hustler, man. Uh, so yeah, that's good. I was telling Richard off the air that there's the the sports radio station here that we all grew up listening to. Uh, there's a one of the producers or something used to go to press conferences and, you know, scrums or whatever and do this character called Scoops Callahan, which is like a 1920s radio guy or champ, guy. champ over here. Champ, champ. Yeah. Like <laughs> you gave him real. Hum- what do you think about that? Yeah. The old rusty room. <laughs> yeah. 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 You guys are the cat's pajamas, <laughs> like that kind of thing. And just to see what the reaction was. And, most of the time it was just deadpan, just staring at him or, you know, whatever. Like Kobe had a really good, really, it was a really good one for us. I don't think it reflected well on Kobe because it just, it didn't work out well. But Phil had the best reaction of any of those where he just he goes, why are you yelling your foot from me? Like just back up a little bro. And then he, you know, he's like, all right, scoops just with them. I mean, it was just a perfect play into the bit and, uh, I always appreciated that he he went along with the bit just a little bit, but uh, yeah, interesting. I'm interested in the book, despite hating golf. Let's let's a good one. Yeah, there's a few chapters in there, Brian, that get a little golfy, but then you mm-hmm. could just skip those probably. Right. But most of it's just he's a very interesting brain. I learned he's one of those people that would just 
has the photographic memory of like everyone else's notes in college that would get the A on the test without ever going, mm. you know, that kind of weird brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did the, uh, the classic Matt liner move where <laughs> they were like, Hey, you can go pro now and make $30 million. And he's like, I go to ASU and I'm 21 money. <laughs> money's going to be there. Great. I'm doing pretty good here. Yeah. I'll make money later. They're like, Oh, fair enough. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I like it. Just making what that about money, you, Brian. What's your reco? I recommend a show uh, that is on the Disney Plus um, that I was really excited about, and then it just dropped at a at a time when I didn't have time to go and watch it. But started it, started it this week. Uh, it's called Light and Magic. It's about uh, ILM and uh, the foundings of the company with, with George Lucas and star Wars, and then kind of carries through, uh, to, you know, a lot of the stuff that they've done and, and, uh, the more modern day as well. But the first episode, uh, starts with basically just kind of like a history of special effects and movies and, uh, the stuff that's done on that, but it's, it's really well done, really well presented. Um, they've got interviews from, Lucas and Cameron and Spielberg and uh, pretty much every like major uh, uh, effects driven director, you know, from from the era and uh, and beyond. And um, and it's really cool. It's very well presented. I think it's it's either six episodes or eight episodes. Can't remember. Haven't gotten through all of it yet. But uh, yeah, six episodes. Uh, but it's really cool. Very, very well done. I think it and the last one goes like up through Jurassic Park. Uh but it's fascinating to, to me, at least, to see kind of how these great shots uh, were done practically, and uh, you know the miniatures and the, the time and craft that goes into all that stuff. And uh, it's just really, really fascinating to to see it all uh, come together, especially with Star Wars of like kind of inventing an entire genre of uh, of movies in a way. Yeah, and uh, so it's, it's very cool. Can have you watched any of this yet? I I think I watched. The first three or four? I didn't. Okay, I haven't. Three. I haven't finished it. I I really enjoyed it. I heard it described. I thought this was funny as the uh, George Lucas's Last Dance. So that was a sure. funny, yeah, a, a funny, no, a way funny way to do yeah, it. For sure, uh, he pops sure. up a lot in it. Tells a lot of good stories. There's a lot of good stories from just the people and how they got to work there and mm-hmm. their yeah. journeys to special effects. Man, Dennis Murin and and John Noel are just some. Mm-hmm. Really interesting guys. John Knoll, like, might be the most influential figure in special effects. I mean, that guy literally invented Photoshop. Yeah. And sold it to Adobe. <laughs> like that, that's, there's Pretty a shot important. of him in the, in the, cause he, he came up with the concept for Rogue One and like pitched it and, mm-hmm. and in, initiated that. And there's a, a shot of him in the behind the scenes of that, like, typing up the pitch or whatever it's all like b-roll and there's like yeah the photoshop icon on his desktop i mean it's like man that's gotta feel crazy <laughs> you know it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah this thing i invented in the early 90s is like now on my computer and everybody uses it but it's just a small part of what he was able to bring to uh yeah to the table via v- visual effects and dennis murin doing a lot of that uh early star wars uh stuff is is interesting when those guys go it's going to be gonna be tough same with doug chang too the main sure yeah. the main concept artist behind star wars right now um right. those guys are getting old you know and they're still doing it so that's a mm-hmm. it's definitely a lost art and that's a really cool 
cool uh, retrospective series. Yeah, yeah Light and Magic yeah. is. Uh, I need to finish it. I started yeah, it like awesome. a couple, or right when it came out, and then I, I haven't returned to it. But I need right. to. Yeah, need to go. It's really well do done. It. Really, I mean, the concept is cool, and and um, it's 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 one of those. It it, it it's it's a high. I don't know. It's it's a. There's a lot of shows like that on Netflix, and I'm not trying to trump to, to kind of pump up. Netflix does a lot of things really well. Um, this is one of those where I'm like, I'm very glad that Disney Plus exists for this kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I think Disney, else. where I fall on Disney is I'm much more interested in Disney the Machine and how that works yeah, for sure. more than I am the yeah. the characters or properties. For sure. So Absolutely. they've done a great yeah. job of pulling back the curtain on all the MCU stuff. I think every MCU series they've done, they've done like a full hour making of right. documentary at the end of it. And same with, same with star Wars and Mandalorian and all that. They've, they've really done like, Hey, here's how we're doing this. Here's how the volume works. Here's how, you know, that I love that about it. And I think totally. that's to me, the best thing Disney plus is bringing to people sure. like me is like, the behind the scenes content we want to see and you know the disney right. world behind the scenes stuff i think is is interesting yeah. too Absolutely. so that stuff yeah. way interests me way more than than going there um cool good recommend uh, i'm gonna recommend a well, let's see what should i do i'm gonna recommend a uh, a series it's kind of in the don't worry darling uh camp and i started to go back and and watch a bunch of these uh these episodes it's a uh, it's Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Have you guys ever watched any of these episodes? Mm-hmm. I have not, no. It's uh, basically cool like yeah. Hitchcock's Twilight Zone. And we talked, I think, last week about Stephen King and some of his stories and, and his short stories. I think it's kind of in the same vein where, yeah, his, his great films are well-known and well-appreciated and rightfully so, but... I think some of the short story stuff that he was able to do via via books and via this show is really interesting too. And so they're like, you know, 22 minute Hitchcock movies and they're all really well thought out and some great concepts and good acting. And he directs a couple of them and um, he intros them, which is also great. He does a little on camera Hitchcock things every time. So, so check that out. Mm. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents, I believe it's on Paramount plus now or something like that. Just double check that, but um, hmm. well worth your time if you're into Twilight Zone or Black Mirror or you know any of those types of shows that have little twist endings and and are kind of self-contained episodes. So check that out. Nice, nice. All right, there we go. There's don't worry, darling. All the drama and all the weekly recommends you could ever want for a week, but we got more coming at you later this week on the VIP. We're gonna be. Digging into part six of our Denzel retrospective, mainly focusing on the movie Flight, but some movies around that, including Safe House, Two Guns, etc. So it should be a good time. So check that out. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP if you want more from us. And uh, thank you, Ellen, for coming on and definitely diving into some stuff that I did not know about in this with this story, your presence is always appreciated. Where can we find you if we want uh, Ellen more Ellen podcasts in our life, things like that? Oh well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Love coming on here to chat with you guys. Um, can't find me on any podcasts currently. Um, I was doing a show with our uh, friends of the uh, 
other friends of the show, Danny and Ty. Um, Danny did let us know that he was a little bit too busy to do two shows because they also do rankings and um, pretty much dumped me and said I'd rather do rankings. So <laughs> everyone, please. Uh, yeah, everyone, please Classic bully him Danny. in the yeah. discord for this. Um, when he decided he had to choose between the two shows, he pretty much went, I'm going with rankings. Um, see you later. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Choosing to hang out with Ty more is that's a tough, that's suspect, that's a tough yeah. one, man. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyone who's in the Discord, please, it's open season on Danny. Um, <laughs> I always, is. uh, but yes, but you can find me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot at Ellen Toodles and, um, on Twitter sometimes Ellen T Beck. But yeah, um, I'm not as active on the Discord, but you know at me and i'll respond and i'm happy yeah. to chat about to all kinds Ellen. of stuff yeah, yeah. I, I yeah call my name and i'll i'll be there but i i don't really spend too much time on it these days <laughs> all right right on thanks for being here thank you for listening if you like what you heard please subscribe leave us a nice five-star review and uh come back next week because we'll be talking more movies we'll see you then at the cinema Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya the salad is They're calling again.